This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 585. It's great to have you with us once again. I appreciate your company. Thank you for joining me. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Apple is working on its biggest iOS update ever, and it will include AI. Asus has announced the pricing and availability of its new ZenBook Duo dual-screen OLED laptop, and LG has launched a run-out sale for its 2023 range of TVs and soundbars. In the Tech Guide reviews, Oppo has launched an affordable yet feature-rich smartphone, and there's a new way to display and store your spare Apple Watch bands. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, Apple is gearing up for its biggest iOS software update in the history of the iPhone. Uh, We're going to see this update uh, probably, likely, at the Worldwide Developers Conference in early June. Now, we're up to iOS 18, and it's going to be a ripper, if you believe the rumors. According to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, a well-known I'm not going to call him an Apple leaker. He seems to have a lot of inside info about Apple's product releases, software updates, events. Uh, According to German, he says, and I'm quoting his Q&A section of his Power On newsletter, it will be one of the biggest iOS updates, if not the biggest, in the company's history. So that to me says they are working pretty hard on producing something pretty big. I think that the ball's in their court, in Apple's court, and with Microsoft and its co-pilot going gangbusters with Windows 11 and with Samsung's Galaxy AI, the talk of the town now, the talk of the industry with uh, its S24, then I think Apple, they need to reply in kind to these developments with something pretty big and that uh, the, the the notion that this update is actually going to be quite uh, quite a big one uh, I think that lines up with with their reply they really do have to respond not only with a with a great device the iOS the iPhone 16 when that's launched later in the year we're talking September but the software that runs it uh, the iOS update the iOS software really has to step up to another level. Now, in terms of the recent Galaxy S24 range of phones, and I'm actually currently reviewing those, and next week's show you'll you'll hear my full review. The biggest the biggest new feature of the S24 is the software, is the Galaxy AI, and uh, and its amazing capabilities. So, in in looking at Apple and their timeline with this, it does it does come along at the right time, although. The Bloomberg's German uh, said that Apple in his newsletter said, and I quote, he says, Apple has been caught off guard uh, and, and that they were surprised by the surge of AI across the industry. 
And uh, this is despite Apple's t- Apple CEO Tim Cook saying that the company had been working on generative AI technology for years. So it seems, reading between the lines, it's, it seems that Apple is scrambling to make up for some lost time, perhaps, and to make sure that all their all their ducks are lined up in a row for the iOS 17 announcement. Which, uh, which should interest developers. That that conference is a developers conference. So uh, if there's any way that there's AI, generative AI, whatever flavor of AI you want, then I think Apple uh, developers uh, for Apple will want to know about it. Now, Apple has been pretty silent on AI. They haven't really made much of a made much of it, haven't mentioned it very often. You look back and like Microsoft, a very heavy investor in ChatGPT, and now that's at the heart of Copilot. Uh, Google has a, has a chatbot as well, and all these other companies now. Samsung has stepped into the with Galaxy AI, and Samsung insisting in in a similar way that Tim Cook I mentioned earlier. App, uh, Samsung says they've been working on AI for more than a decade, so they're no newcomer. I suspect Apple's the same. I just think that they maybe were a bit slow on the trigger when they saw all these other developments coming. You've got to remember the latest iOS update before the, the upcoming iOS 18 was last year, June 2023. So this was, yeah, ChatGBT was a thing and there were a lot of people talking about it, but it hadn't been configured into Copilot. Samsung had had no mention of it for their devices at that time as well. So it's kind of Apple's turn. It's their turn now to do something like this. And I'd be very, very surprised if it isn't, if AI isn't mentioned quite often during the Worldwide Developers Conference. Now, what's reportedly happening with this update is a, a, a an AI-enhanced Siri personal assistant. At the moment, Siri has been, I think, probably the weakest of all the assistants. It's not, not as powerful as, as uh, Alexa or, or, or Google's assistant. Uh, I think not as functional, perhaps. I think a lot of people are, are, you're either a Google assistant or an Alexa person when it comes to using your smart devices and smart speakers at home. Yeah, Siri has some skills if you've got a HomePod and uh, an iPhone or an iPad or even a, even a Mac. But the, I think if, if we're giving out medals out of the Olympics, Siri would be getting the bronze uh, behind uh, Google Assistant and Alexa. So I think that Siri really needs to uh, be given a big bit a boost. And my, my Alexa's talking at the moment because I mentioned her name. She's a busybody. Uh, I think Siri really needs an upgrade. Uh, so the report is that it, it will have a larger language model incorporated into Siri so that it can perform not only the, those complex tasks but also talk back to you like a human being, like, like, a, like ChatGPT would or other AI figures there. Uh, so, and of course, AI would be injected in various uh, default apps on the phone as well, including messaging and mail. You can just imagine the possibilities there. And Apple typically are never, or not often, the very first to market with a new a new feature like this. But when they do come to market with something, it's normally very impressive. You're normally thinking, wow, that, that is really cool. Uh, I'm hoping that's the same here. Part of this update not just about AI, it's also about messaging. And in particular, RCS, which is Rich Communication Services. 
there was mentioned from uh, late last year that Apple was actually going to adopt RCS for iMessage. Now, the speculation was that they were going to release an Android version of iMessage. But if, if, this, if some of this information is to be believed, it is RCS is going to be part of iOS 18. So what does that mean? It means that messaging between iPhones and Android is going to be just as a high quality as it would be between iPhones. And by that I mean when you attach an image or a photo or a video to a message iPhone to iPhone, it gets through encrypted, you get it at full resolution and you get a read receipt and you can see when the other person's typing their reply. Well, imagine those features if you're going from iPhone to Android or Android to iPhone. So these rich communication services are likely to be part of iOS 18. Now, I'm trying to think of a way for Apple to still maintain its iMessage exclusivity, which is a it's kind of its own social network. So if you're iPhone to iPhone, you see the messages are blue. If someone's message is green, they're coming at you from an Android phone and you don't get the same quality. If they attach a photo, it's been it's been compressed really severely. Uh, so it, it's it, it's not it's not conducive to proper and high quality communication. So uh, th that's why I'm, I'm pretty happy about the news that Apple is focusing more now on sort of leveling the playing field. We've spoken about this in the past, but uh, good to see that I think the rubber is going to hit the road here with iOS 18 and RCS is going to be a real thing between iPhone and Android devices. Uh, and we'll see, of course, whether iMessage is actually launched for Android as well. So what Apple's tactic here would be is that, okay, Android users, if you want to interact with all our lovely iPhone people, then download iMessage for Android and you'll be able to do that. And then there will be an option to make it your default messaging app, I think. That's the approach that I think they'll take. I might be wrong. We'll all find out in June at the Worldwide Developers Conference, along with all those AI features that we're anticipating for Siri, for the apps, for the whole device. One of the big features with Samsung phones with the, the S24 is the AI editing and the use of generative AI to do things like move objects in your photo, erase unwanted objects in the background. Now, Apple, I don't know whether their approach to their photography and editing is going to be to that extent. To me, I think Apple is still very much, uh, when it comes to their photography and the cameras, they're purists. That they don't, they want it to be a real experience, like a real camera, rather than having sort of these gimmicky features where you can erase and move things around. I'm hoping that I'm wrong because I'd love to be able to do that on an iPhone. The the magic photo editor on the on the pixels have been very popular. The AI editing on the new Samsung phones is amazing. So I think Apple may feel they may be the one left out in the cold if they don't adopt that in some way. Give give users the option at least to try that editing for themselves. So, yeah, some interesting things we're expecting for iOS 18. And, of course, that would include iPad OS uh, 18. And I'm thinking Mac OS as well has to have some kind of AI flavor because Microsoft is running laps around them at the moment with Copilot. Copilot on the, at your fingertips is phenomenal on a Windows computer. And if you're a Mac user, you're thinking, well, why can't I have that? 
And I think Apple really needs to work in whether that's Siri taking that role on Mac OS. I'm, I'm sure it would be. So I think Apple really needs to dive in and, and compete on the same level as Microsoft and Samsung in this instance. You want to read more about that story? Check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, there's a bit of noise coming out of Asus uh, since they released their ZenBook Duo laptop at the Consumer Electronics Show. It was one of the hits of the show, I've got to say. This is a dual 14-inch OLED laptop. So imagine a laptop computer with two 14-inch displays. So you can use this in a number of ways. You can, if you want to, use it like a regular laptop. So there's a Bluetooth detachable keyboard that can attach to the bottom screen. So your UC is the top 14-inch screen, and that's your regular laptop usage. You might not have much room to move. You might be on a plane. You might be on a bus. You, you haven't got a lot of room to spread out, so you can still use it like a normal laptop. The other mode is dual screen mode. So you're able to – it's got a 180-degree hinge – so you're able to flatten these, the laptop out completely and have either one large 19.8-inch display or two portrait screens side by side. So that's called desktop mode. So you can imagine if you're a, maybe you're looking at uh, your researcher or you're looking at documents or, uh, or, or you access worksheets and stuff like that, which would tend to be uh, like the shape of a page which is the shape of a portrait screen, then that would be ideal to have it in that in that way. But if you do want to arrange it, uh, there is a feature called ViewMax. So you can have the dual screen mode, which basically takes the two 14-inch screens and combines them, makes them look like you're looking at one 19.8-inch display. Uh, there's I mentioned the regular laptop mode as well. There's also sharing mode. This is a cool one. Sharing mode allows you to... Rather than, have you ever been at a meeting and there's a person showing you a laptop and for everyone to see the screen, they've all got to crowd around and look from the, from behind the screen. So they've got to get in front of the keyboard, in front of the laptop and see the screen. Well, with sharing mode with the ASUS, the dual screen laptop, you can actually either, a couple of things you can do. You can flatten the screen out so that the, everyone can just sort of crowd around and look down on this one big screen or you can replicate one half of the, say you've got a, a document that, that, that takes up one 14-inch one display, you can replicate that on the other screen so they're looking at the same thing as you are. And you can arrange it so that it's either uh, they're, they're looking at it flat or like in tent mode, whatever, however you want to do it, so they can see how see the same document as you uh, as if they were you're both looking at the same screen. A lot of lot of handy uses for the laptop here, and uh, all these different modes gives you the freedom then to work uh, to have that added screen real estate. You can have the Bluetooth keyboard with trackpad separate, so it actually works on its own. It it connects to the laptop via Bluetooth when it's attached magnetically to the computer. That is when the Bluetooth keyboard is actually being charged as well. So it's uh, you're not going to run out of power. Now, let's look at some specs here. The ZenBook is powered by the Intel Core Ultra 9 processor. It's got an integrated AI acceleration. There's that word again. Uh, it's running, of course, Windows 11 with Copilot. 
The whole thing weighs just 1.35 kilograms. Uh, I mentioned the 180-degree hinge, so it can be opened out completely flat. Uh, there's also it's the screens are Dolby Vision certified and Pantone validated with cinema grade 100% DCI P3 color gamut. In other words, look really nice, very colorful, very accurate colors as well. There's also an ambient light sensor, so it can adjust to your surroundings and adjust the brightness and color temperature to suit your surroundings. There is also a, an optional Asus pen that responds, right? There are 4,096 pressure levels of the Asus pen. Uh, and the included screen expert software gives you smartphone-like multi-touch so uh, gestures as well. So uh, that's pretty impressive right there. Now, it does have the Intel Core Ultra Processors and Intel's first integrated neural processing unit, uh, that's a dedicated engine to unlock the AI capabilities of this device. Uh, it's also been built with endurance in mind, which is pretty cool. So it's made from sturdy recycled materials. Uh, we're talking uh, military-grade standards here, Corning Gorilla Glass, 90% uh, industrial recycled magnesium aluminium alloy is what it's made of. Then pricing, it's going to be priced at 3999 bucks. It goes on sale, so pre-orders have already started, goes on sale on the 14th of February. That's Valentine's Day. So a couple of weeks and you can get your hands on it from participating retailers, including JB Hi-Fi and the Azus eShop as well. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot to look forward to there. If you really want to change up you, how you work with a laptop, the Asus, I think, is a probably a great option there, and I look forward to receiving it and doing a complete review. We'll also be doing a video review on Tech Guide as well, so keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, if you want to read more, techguide.com.au. Now, don't we love a run-out sale? And that's what happens this time of year. You've got to remember there's a lot of new TV stock uh, coming into the country. And what do they do with the 2023 stock? Well, they discount it. And LG has actually made a formal run-out sale. So it's, uh, usually it's up to the retailers and they do that. Uh, they sort of do deals uh, you know, behind closed doors about, okay, yeah, we need to clear this stock. Let's do this and let's do that to get make room for the 2024 stock. Well, what LG's done, they've actually made it a formal run-out sale that begins, it's already begun, runs till early March, and you can save up to $2,000 on an OLED TV. So you're looking at OLED TVs and the QNED and UHD TVs, as well as soundbars. So the LG G3, which is their top-of-the-line OLED, this is an OLED that's got the Evo panel with amazing brightness. It is... You can get $2,000 off the LG G3 OLED, which is a huge saving, and that's off the recommended retail price. So just check with the retailers about that. But if you want the, the C3 OLED, which is their most popular, sort of it's the bread and butter OLED, I like to call it. It is the, it is the, uh, the, the sweet spot for their OLED. So it's, it's well-priced, great quality, uh, nice design, and you can get $1,000 off that at the moment during this run-out sale. And you've got to remember, these are 2023 televisions. 
So if you want to hang out for the 2024 range, you'll probably see them around April. But the 2023 range still great. And you've got all these opportunities to save a fair bit of money. And, you know, with cost of living pressures and all these other things, and if you were wanted looking to buy a TV, there's two grand saving right there on the G3, 1000 off the, the C3. The QNED TVs, you can also get them for up to $700 off as well. Uh, and the soundbars, so the LG soundbars, up to $500 off those as well. And again, there'll be 2024 models to replace them, but they're going to be at full price. They're full freight at the moment. The discounts you're going to get is on the 2023 range, only last year. The last year's TV, still good, still great. I'm, I'm looking at a, a G3 OLED right now, 2023 model. It is superb. Uh, you could get $2,000 off the very TV I'm looking at right now uh, and $1,000 off the C3 OLED TV. So well worth checking out. Now, all of the LG TVs on sale, they're still running the Alpha 9 Gen 6 AI processor, still offering high picture quality, great audio quality as well. The LG OLED TVs from 2023 include the Brightness Booster Max technology, so increasing your average peak brightness. The LG G3 has the OLED Evo panel. That's the brightest that the company has ever produced. Uh, and the QNED TVs, they're the quantum dot with nano cell technology TVs. They're the ones that are up to 700 bucks off. And of course, the soundbars up to 500 bucks off. Uh, the sale runs until March the 8th. So get your skates on if you're after an LG OLED TV, even a QNED TV. Uh, there's some huge savings to be had there. So check it out. You can see there's more details at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. We're taking a look at Oppo's new A79 5G smartphone. Now, I do, we often talk about the flagship phones on this show, and they're the ones that get the most attention when, when companies release these range of products. But that's not where 100% of the market is. In fact, most of the market is in the entry and mid-level. So if you're a flagship phone user, you're probably in the minority in terms of the num sheer number of people who use flagship devices. Yeah, they're great. You see them. You see them, and uh, they, they're the most expensive, of course, and, and with all the most features and made out of the most premium material. But if you look closely enough and you're willing to maybe dial down your budget a little bit, the good news is you're still able to find some quality. And the A79 from Oppo, I think, is a great demonstration of that. 
The, here is a device that outwardly looks premium. It's got a great design, really sleek look, yet delivers uh, great cameras and a nice, big, colourful, accurate screen, uh, but is also more affordably priced. It's $369. It's available from JB Hi-Fi, Officeworks, Good Guys, and the Oppo online store. Two colours, glowing green and mystery black. But take a look at the phone. It is pretty slick. Now, this is a device that has a 6.72-inch full HD plus sunlight display, so plenty of room to enjoy your content, has a peak brightness of 680 nits. So that means even in bright sunlight, this thing is really clear. Now, the screen has a resolution of 1,080 by 2,400 and is support supports 100% of the DCI P3 color gamut. So that's accurate color, realistic color. Now, I mentioned earlier with the Zeus OLED TV, uh, OLED laptop, that also has 100% DCI P3 color gamut. So the screen quality of a $369 phone is up there with the screen quality of a $4,000 Asus laptop. So that, that I think, that, that says a lot with a phone of this price and you're getting that sort of quality. And it, not only do you get a great display, it also has impressive speakers as well. So it's got dual stereo speakers, uh, which are optimized with noise reduction and echo suppression. So not only are you getting clearer calls on a speaker, but also if you're listening to your content, it actually sounds pretty good. There's even enhanced surround sound so you can immerse yourself in your content even further. Now, let's talk cameras. The A79 5G has a 50 megapixel main AI camera and a 2 megapixel portrait camera. Also has an 8 megapixel selfie camera, so front-facing camera. Uh, it is also on board a super resolution algorithm that can capture a 108 megapixel ultra clear image. Uh, the other features include AI portrait retouching, there's portrait mode, ultra night mode, and selfie HDR so that all your results every single time look amazing. And this is with the $369 phone. Now, under the hood, 4 gig of RAM, 128 gig of memory. Now, what I like about the Oppo phones is they have a RAM expansion technology. So basically what that means is that it converts free storage space, so free read-only memory space, ROM memory, and can utilize up to four gigabytes of that space for an additional, to add it to the additional, the original four gigabytes. So you're getting eight gig of RAM, it seems, to ensure much smoother performance. And that's important because if you're looking at uh, watching video or playing a game or mo using multiple apps, it really does help things move even smoother. So much smoother performance right there. Now let's talk battery, 5,000 milliamp hour battery that can take you from zero to 100% charge in just 74 minutes. That's thanks to Oppo's 33 watt SuperVOOC flash charge technology. Oppo has led the way with their SuperVOOC charging. That's a special charger and cable 
that can deliver these high, this really fast charging to their devices. And whether your device is a $369 A79 or their Find N3, they all have fast charging. So with that kind of battery, you're looking at about two days of use on a single charge or that, that it's the equivalent of 26 hours of phone calls, 14 hours of watching YouTube on a single charge. So 5,000 milliamp hour battery, plenty of capacity right there. Two colors, as I mentioned, glowing green, mystery black. It is 369 bucks, the Oppo A79 5G. Check it out for yourself. There's some great images of the phone at techguide.com. Dot .au Now, are you an Apple Watch fan? If you are, you're likely to have a lot of watch bands. So, normally, uh, if you have a lot of watch bands, the the only place is to put them to 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 store your watch bands is usually in a drawer in a, in a cabinet wherever you in a somewhere where you need to actually look for them find them to see them and if you're a watch person and your watch happens to be the apple watch you want to be able to change and see what's on offer cuz the whole idea of having multiple watch bands is to be able to change them as often as you want so what what 12 south has come up with is Time Porter. Now, this is a, a, a wall-mountable rack that allows you to store and display your Apple Watches, your Apple Watch bands, I should say. Apple Watch is uh, on your wrist, but when you want to change the band, you can look up at your Time Porter and see all the Apple Watch bands. There's room for up to uh, six watch bands on each of the Time Porters, which is about 25, nearly 26 centimetres wide, there is 3M command uh, tape on the back to attach it to a wall, the inside of your wardrobe door. And you're able, if you want to, if you've got multiple, if you've got lots of Apple Watch bands, you can actually buy two or more and actually put them together and it appears like it's one unit. The, the end caps of the time porter actually pop off and you can actually slot one into the next one and it'll look like it's one long, same the same unit. So you're able to add more if you want to, to make them wider or if you want to buy multiples and put them in rows, I guess. But with the Apple Watch hanging down, you want to have them side by side if you've got enough rooms. Probably behind a door, you'd have room to put two uh, if you wanted to. If you've got a wider space, you might be able to put three together. But they're $49.99 and a great way to see all the Apple Watches that you have. Because that's the thing. I've got lots of Apple Watch bands, but unless I can see them and remember that I've got them, I'm not going to change them. So this is a it's a dual purpose here. Stores the Apple Watch, but also displays the Apple Watch bands so that you can then see what's on offer and maybe change it out. And you can arrange it by color. You might arrange it by the type of Apple Watch band it is. Uh, it really does help you uh, appreciate and use all of the Apple Watch bands because you, you can see them every day. That's one thing with me. I think a lot of people are the same. Out of sight, out of mind. If you don't see it, you're not going to remember it. If you see it, you see your Apple watch bands there. You think, oh, I'm going to, I might use the orange watch band today. Or I might use the the different the, the yellow band today. It's up to you. But if you're not seeing them, you're not making those decisions. And if it's not, they're not easy to access as well. Time Porter from 12 South solves the problem. 
and they're $49.99 each, uh, available from leading retailers as well as the 12 Scythe South website. And as I said, you can combine, uh, you can put two together. It looks like one big unit, $49.99 each. And if you're an Apple Watch fan and you've got a lot of bands, well, I know where you need to go. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and our digital generation continues to see a rise in cybercrime and data breaches. Don't leave your devices without protection or your personal information open to exposure. It's time to have a plan to keep your devices and personal information protected. Save your time and money should the unthinkable happen and your devices are at risk to cyber threats like malware, ransomware, or viruses, or your personal information being exposed to cyber criminals looking to trade your details on the dark web. Introducing Norton 360 Platinum with device security, a VPN for online privacy, parental controls and identity protection with dedicated restoration support and dark web monitoring. You have a comprehensive plan in place to help ensure your information stays in private. It's peace of mind for your devices and your identity. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Norton 360 Platinum is available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, or online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin, our great mates at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash AU, and they've got all kinds of audio products, MagSafe products, cables, screen protectors, you name it, they've got it. A lot, a lot of portable uh, batteries to charge your phone on the go, a lot of great GAN products as well, so uh, plug in and connect and charge your laptop and, and your, your phone and everything with everything you need, belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, I had a lot of calls over the weekend about Google, uh, Google smart speakers being unable to access radio stations. And I, I found this out because when I arrived at 2GB on the weekend to do my segment with Luke Grant on his weekend show, uh, I was still all the, the techie there, Paul, was telling me that we've had a lot of emails and calls and texts from from listeners who say they can't use their Google smart speaker to listen to the radio. And a lot of a lot of their listeners, my mother included, they they use the their Google speaker to say, hey Google, play 2GB. This might be happening in the background to you if you're playing this out loud, but that normally connects them to and they're listening to 2GB, which is how a lot of people listen nowadays. That, for some reason, Google haven't given us a reason why this isn't happening, but I just thought I'd let you know that it's not just you. If, you're, if you've had this problem and you're worried, it's not your – it's at the, at the Google end of things, not at your end. So you're, there's nothing you need to do. Google is looking at it from their end. So I think it's a, it's a connection between uh, iHeartRadio, the radio app, all these different apps that have their connection to the smart speaker 
there's something that needed to be updated or something in the background. And probably by the time you're listening to this, the whole thing has been resolved. But just repeating, it's not you, it's Google. Uh, it's happening at their end. I've had so many emails and I've just said, look, no, it's it, this is a problem. Not that it's, you're not the lone ranger with this problem. Everyone is having the same issue. So just be patient and the hopefully the problem will be resolved soon if it hasn't already been resolved. And that is the full-time siren I hear in the background. Uh, that is our show for this week. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about, head over to techguide.com.au and you will find it there. If you want to get in touch with us as well, our email address is info at techguide.com.au. We love hearing from you. Alternatively, you can click the Ask Stephen icon, the icon there with the Belkin logo, and that will generate a form that will appear in my inbox as an email from you. So, feel free to get in touch. We also want to give a special thanks to our great sponsors, Netgear, the the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you, your family, and your devices safe online. Please support the great companies who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 